Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Ottawa Senators podcast featuring the Toronto Maple Leafs news involving a huge, huge transaction. Matt Martin being traded to the Islanders. I am Dave Lozo of Biscuits Calling a Hockey Podcast here in New York City, here in Brooklyn. And you know the you know the king of the, the Vice Ottawa office. He's he's here too. Say hi. Say hi, Lord. Of the hey everybody, I'm I'm Sean. I am the only happy person in Ottawa right now <laughs> well eric carlson's probably feeling pretty good too at this point right like he's he's probably it's like a christmas eve happiness though like he's excited <laughs> yeah you've he's opened your wait. gift and you've been like you've been like playing with your toy now for like four days like you're exactly let's do it like how you were you surprised did you think it was gonna happen i was surprised i did you know when we talked last week uh, you know it uh, i thought he was going back to the islanders for pretty much this whole process but but like we said last week it was like by the time you got to friday i think we said friday was the point where islander fans could start to worry yeah and saturday was when they could panic and and when we got to to friday it was kind of like okay maybe maybe something's going on you still kind of figured you'd get the news during the day that okay he's he's staying and then by the time it got to Saturday, you're sort of like, oh, this is this is starting to feel like more of a 50-50 thing. But even then, you didn't know necessarily that he was going to Toronto. It's San Jose had a good case, and you know the the other teams, like it was kind of weird how it went down, where we we didn't hear about any teams being eliminated. So uh, you know, obviously, by the time he got to Saturday night, and he hadn't signed back with the Islanders, because that's when the eight-year window. Uh, was expiring you, you sort of felt like something was definitely up but even like even getting up on Sunday I like I still kind of felt like ah, you know there, it feels like there's a real shot here but don't don't get your hopes up because there's a lot of different ways it can go Sunday morning Sunday afternoon was when I started to think it might be somebody other than the Sharks and the Islanders because it was taking so long that I thought like they had to like rearrange some of like the deck chairs on the on the ship to make the 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 the, the, the Tavares lifeboat fit but yep. I mean, it really, it really wasn't that though. It was just, he was just deciding. They just, they just kept everything. Yeah. Kept everything. See, and I guess, you know, Lou Lamarillo was famous for not ever letting anything leak out. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised that we didn't yeah. hear from, from the Islanders. I got like, I got a text from somebody at like 1130, like an hour and a bit before the announcement saying that Islander players are being told that he's going to Toronto, but it was one of those like, you know, friend of a friend type things where you're like, ah, 
No, they're not. That's that's probably so, not wait, really so that, going on. That sounds like the kind of thing you'd want to confirm as opposed to Darren Dreger texting you and telling you he's going to the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? That seems like a that's a that's a thing you confirm is a friend of a friend rumor, right? Just to, yeah. Just to be clear. Or, well, okay. or okay. or in my case, you just put the phone down and go, oh, all right, and you, <laughs> and you just wait. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I gotta say, like even you know, obviously as a Leafs fan, I'm I'm happy that he that he went to Toronto, but just as a hockey fan. I'm glad it, it went down this way. Like, I, I like the fact that it not only did it get to July 1st, but like even, you know, we, we got to noon and it was still like, where's he going? And, uh, you know, I, I hope that this maybe kind of now that somebody's finally done it, that maybe, you know, in the future years, we'll see more stars get to free agency and maybe, you know, it'll it like even hold off on on making the or at least publicizing the decision because it sounds like the decision was kind of made on Saturday but we didn't find out about it as opposed to like every other major free agent signing where we knew where everybody was going well before uh well before noon on Sunday even though we're always told that teams aren't allowed to actually exchange specific contract proposals and all of that we everything was locked down uh except for the one big one that everyone was waiting on Here's what's going to happen so that never happens again is during the next lockout, the the teams, the league will negotiate a new CBA that says you're never allowed to leave your team ever. Like if you leave, it has to be like a, um, you know, like when a, like when like a Cuban baseball player comes here and he has to like run and hide from his team. That's that's the only way John yeah. Tavares will ever get away from a team in the you future. You have to literally defect. Defect. That's the word I couldn't think of. Defect. On yeah. like a road trip to Toronto, suddenly like the bus for the airport you're like wait a second where's there's gonna be like a there's gonna be like a documentary in like 20 years and they're gonna have yeah. like like alexei kasatanov and stuff with off like yeah it was just life or death you know my family i had to make a really hard decision and um you know it was just we need to get out of there and then you're gonna see like Connor mcdavid like yeah i know exactly what you mean man uh, yeah. i was at edmonton i hid I just... in the trunk of a car <laughs> To get past a checkpoint. I, I, I hid in Milan, Milan Lucic's equipment bag, and the next thing you know, I opened it up, and I was in Chicago, and I couldn't have been more happy about it, and it's just, it was just okay. such a relief. That's going to be the next... The next CBA is going to be lifetime contracts for everyone, but also the contracts can't be too long because the teams don't like that. You just have to sign a series of two-year <laughs> lifetime contracts. <laughs> what a sport. But it's good, and you know what? And it's, it's funny. I, I also... Like Leaf fans are thrilled, obviously. Uh, it, this is this is a great deal for the Leafs. They got him at you know, kind of a discount, like in the sense that he didn't he didn't take it sounds like the maximum offer he could have. I wouldn't say it's a big discount. I mean, this eleven million for for John Tavares is it's a lot. Uh, it's 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 a lot. It's it's probably about right, but it's it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot, but um, it's right. Yeah, it's... yeah. It's 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 not like he left you know, a, a huge chunk of money on the table. Like I think Connor McDavid took more of a discount than, than Tavares did, even though he's making more. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's a gag seven years on a guy who's in his like twenties. Obviously there's a, it's, there's an element of a gamble there, but I, you know, this is to get a guy like this without giving up any assets in return. They can fit him under the cap. I know there's, there's been a lot of talk on oh, now they have to move this guy or that guy. You look at their cap situation. they, they really don't. They're in better shape than people think. Like the for years we've been hearing about how they had basically this next season coming as their as the last season where they had lots of cap room, and then after that Matthews and Marner kick in, and and you've got and the situation gets tougher, 
And I feel like people have heard that so many times that they've gone from the situation gets tougher to the situation gets impossible and you got to start moving guys out. And it's really not, you know, it's, it, it, assuming the cap goes up, you know, even, even a little bit, not, not even by the maximum that, that it could, uh, they've got the room, like they can keep this together. Still need some help on the blue line. You would think yeah. on the right side, at least that's an issue. Uh, goaltending still a question mark, but I mean, goaltending's question mark uh, almost everywhere. Yeah. Freddie, Freddie's above average. You can win, you can he's, win a cup with Freddie and the been, right team in front of him. You can't. Yeah, you, I mean, he's he's been he's been average to above average the last few years. Not great in the playoffs, but the, I mean, that's that's a handful of games. Uh, so it's good. It's it's good news for Toronto. Like I'm, you know, I'm I'm the cynic. Like I, I'm usually this is where my instinct to be the contrarian kicks in and go like, yeah, but here's here's the downside. Like other than the obvious that any long term contract is a risk and guys could get hurt or slight or whatever, there like there's not really a downside here. Like this is this is pretty much as sure sure thing of a win as you can get in an offseason move. The only issue I have is yeah, you don't have to immediately trade Nylander or Marner or anybody, obviously, but and you can also as RFAs, you can go hard line on them and not give them the the first year after the ELC Connor McDavid gigantic contracts or anything close to that. But at some point, you are going to have to pay them fair value, and if you if you're capped out or close to it, and you still haven't figured out your your blue line situation, then it's an issue. Like I heard, um, I heard Kyle Dubas on an interview. I think it was on TSN Toronto, which would make sense because he's the Toronto Maple Leafs GM. That would be the probably the station he would go on. Um, they asked him if he was going to, you know, signing Tavares. Does this mean you got to trade one of your young guys? And he was like, No, absolutely not. And like. Part of me is like, yeah, sure, like you just said, like there's no rush to do it, of course. But part of me is also like, is he really going to say, well, here's what I'm going to do next summer. Willie Nylander's got to go. We just can't fit him in next year, and we know that. So here's what we're – so like there might be a plan if this season goes by and the the tiny upgrades that they're probably going to do on defense don't work, they're probably going to have to look to do something. So I, they, they might – not have to trade somebody out of necessity or because of the cap, but they might just trade somebody just because they need help and right. it's not out. The Drew Doughty's not coming now. Drew Doughty's locked in forever. There's not going to be like it's hard. Like Calvin DeHaan arguably was the best defenseman available on the free agent market this year. And like I wrote, like I'd rather spend 88 million or 77 million on John Tavares than, you know, 20 million on Mike Green or 18 million on Calvin DeHaan to kind of hope that's the. Because like that's almost like the free agent version of like signing or trading Adam Larson or trading Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Like we're we're gonna say no to Tavares. We're gonna go after Calvin DeHaan because we need defense. Like Kyle Dubas said, no, we we do. But John Tavares wants to come here, so we're gonna do that. So at some point, they do have to get better on D. Like they don't necessarily yeah. need Drew Doughty, but they're they're gonna need. They, they do need something. They need something on the and and the thing is like. You know, people say, oh, you know, the Leafs, it's the blue line. The left side of the blue line in Toronto is really good. It's actually really, really good. They've got Morgan Riley, Jake Gardner, and Travis Dermott, who only was around for really half the season last year. Do you guys like Jake Gardner? I, every time I see Jake Gardner play, I'm like, man, Jake Gardner's Jake, Jake Gardner is the guy who, like, he tends to get busted on some high-profile mistakes. But overall, like, you look at the numbers, he's... Yeah. On, on your second pairing, he's a good, he's a good second pairing guy. Now, his deal is up next year. And I think he hits UFA, so that is something they got to figure out. Uh, and he could be, 
you know, maybe he's a guy who gets traded for a, a right shooting defenseman where they can balance it out a little bit better because Mike Babcock absolutely must have his righty lefties paired up properly. It's the right side that's bad. You know, the right side is, is questionable. But I, like I was looking at this the other night because I had somebody, um, you know, I've, I've had, as you, as you might expect at being a, you know, somewhat visible Leaf fan, I've had lots of feedback from fans of other teams who are trying really, really hard to talk themselves into why this isn't going to work. And, you know, that's one that keeps coming up is, you know, well, way to go. You signed another, you know, frontline forward, but your blue line is still a tire fire. It's a disaster. It's a train wreck. The Toronto Maple Leafs gave up the third fewest goals in the Eastern Conference last year. They gave up fewer goals in the Lightning. They gave up fewer goals in the Capitals. Like, it's it's not like it was a complete disaster. Uh, you know, for a team where people say the blue line and the goaltending is a problem and all they can do is score goals, but they're a mess in their own end, I don't think it's as big a mess as people think. Like, certainly the, the right side of the defense is the big, glaring, obvious hole right now. And if you're going into the year with Ron Hainsey slotted in to play 23 minutes and, and kill all the penalties like he did last year, then you've got a problem. But... I, you know, like I, I hate to be the one who's being optimistic here because, again, like I've got 30 plus years of being a Leafs fan to tell me not to bother with that. Yeah, it's making me uncomfortable, man. You're way too happy. Yeah. I don't know what to do but with I, this. But I will say this, man. Like, I, I get it that when something good happens to a team you don't cheer for, instinctively, as a fan of another team, you're going to look for a way to, to knock it down. Like, when somebody trades for Eric Carlson and for 10 <laughs> cents on the dollar in a few days or hours, I'm going to be, you know, I'll, I, I'm going to absolutely be the first one they're going ah his ankle's bad and you're yeah. not, it's not as good as you think but i gotta tell you like honestly fans of other teams who are trying to bring leaf fans down over the john Tavares thing you guys are struggling i know and you maybe <laughs> like i'm just saying like maybe just sit this one out i i know it's kind of goes against your fan instinct but it's like it maybe just or, or huddle up and just come up with something else because right now uh it's this there is some some really weak stuff being tossed around uh and i get it i get why that's the instinct but you know usually usually there's at least some truth to it you're like yeah that does sting a little bit but i uh, will be okay uh this man it's it's just bouncing off leaf fans right now here's here's the thing you're kind of forgetting though because you're you're like the toronto guy you're the ottawa you're the ontario guy like i'm the new york guy on this podcast and I am privy to way more New York Islander insights than you are. So the thing I think you might not be realizing, one, sort of like on a moral ethical level, the Leafs are like the <laughs> other woman, and John Tavares yeah. left his loyal, loving wife and betrayed. That's the word I've heard a lot lately is betray the Islanders and everything about the Islanders to go to the Leafs. The Leafs are the mistress. And you should kind of feel bad about what you've done. You've you've wrecked the home, so that's one thing. And two, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but for nine years, John Tavares was like one of the 10 best players in the league, 10 best forwards anyway in the league. And it turns out the second he wasn't an Islander anymore, it seemed like he was the problem the whole time. It seemed like he didn't yeah. have heart or desire or, you know, he just didn't care. He uh, uh, Having he, an MVP candidate making yeah. like third-line money – was apparently uh -huh. the problem there. Yeah, the backlash has been hilarious. Interesting. <laughs> it's been interesting. It's it's just like I get it. Like I get it to an extent because like you're a fan 
and you know your team is bad and you know in your heart that the reason why it's not way worse is because of John Tavares and John Tavares is like look there's a lot of reasons for me to leave but yeah I'm 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 gonna really take my time here and it's gonna be like a 51-49 decision that he goes to Toronto like that should make you so much more upset with the Islanders as a franchise and an organization than John Tavares because if they were just a little more proactive on firing Garth Snow or just a little bit more better managed during his time there you know the arena situation is is a politics nightmare around here like I get that but that 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 absolutely plays into his decision it's just weird to me that like like I understand how it works where a guy gets traded and it's like oh man they traded him he's awesome well he liked to party oh all right. Well, this guy is awesome too. Why did he get treated? Well, he likes to go to museums. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, museums. That's bad for the team, I guess. What's the John Tavares thing? Well, let me tell you about the Islander logo. I never saw it on his heart. Now, if your argument against a guy being traded or for a guy being traded is that you have never seen a team logo on an internal organ on his body, that's your angle. <laughs> Here's what you do. You, you, you go to Microsoft Word. You go up to file, you go to quit, and when it pops up and says, do you want to save your changes, you hit no, and then you never tell anybody that <laughs> argument ever again because it's so oh stupid. God. It's such sour the, the, grape stupidness. I, I've got a thing that's coming out on Friday, so I won't go into it a ton here, but my basic stance on this is I, I give Islander fans pretty much a 100% free pass on however they want to react to this, as, as long as they're not being completely stupid and you know setting their houses on fire they're calling stuff. him a traitor like other, the argument that's well, like oh well yeah. he should have said something in february at the trade deadline if he had asked to be traded in february like that that would have been better are you serious like there's no that's such revisionist history crap it drives me nuts like be be upset and sad about how bad the team's gonna be but the idea yeah. that like john tavares is gonna get booed every time he comes back here to play is insane to me it's so insane to me well I, yeah i mean i i the, the the way that fans react to returning players has been nuts for a few years now but let's okay so let's let's do this let's go back to this time last year and figure out like how should the islanders have played this because it's a year ago okay john Tavares is now eligible to sign an extension he's got one year left on his deal he doesn't sign uh he gets to i, I believe they got through the off season and then he basically did the i don't want to negotiate during the season thing sure Fair. And then you get to the trade deadline, and he still isn't signed, and you, you still don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's where a lot of people were going, okay, do you have to move him? No. And, and I think- Nobody was. I mean, I remember when we did the trade deadline? Like, if you go back and look at like yeah. trade deadline, like guys who could be traded, like he wasn't even listed anywhere because yeah, everyone is, knew he was It is kind of more staying. of a revisionist history. Yeah, you're right. Like Because there's a lot of people now saying- you should have moved him. And I, I think part of the reason why he didn't come up that much is because the Islanders were proactive there and they basically said it's it's not happening. Like don't even start Yeah. Don't even start the rumor mill. And he didn't want but to go I, necessarily either, but you know you know what else though? Before no, the trade deadline, did, go back to January. Is, in, yeah. Real quick, in January when they when they had the big groundbreaking on the new arena in uh Belmont, like he was there and people were very mad because while he was there he kept answering questions, being like, Yeah, I want to be an Islander. Okay, A, what's he gonna say? At the yeah. groundbreaking for the new arena, even if he has doubts, what's he going to say there? And B, why would he be there as a guy who could be a UFA in two months? Like, do you think he demanded to be there? No, the team was like, we're going to trot you out here and you're our captain and we're going to answer. Like that, 
uh, I can't believe Because if he hadn't much... been there, people would have would have gone crazy. Right. It was a bad situation that... the whole time. Yeah, that, that was like the time where you really kind of kind of raised an eyebrow because I remember that happened and then there were like reports from people saying like, you know, Islanders have got their arena settled. Look for some more good news in a couple of days. And you're like, all right, so here it comes. This is this is the Tavares extension. And then it just didn't happen. And then you get to the trade deadline and apparently my understanding is he's got a no trade that involves some teams but not the whole league. Eight teams. According to Cap and, and he apparently says to the team, I don't want to go. Please don't trade me. I'm still consider myself sure. an Islander. And the team goes along with that. They weren't going to trade him anyway. Like, that's the other thing, too. They're, they're, yeah. Everyone's putting it on Tavares. Like, come on. It's, it's easy to look back now and say they had to move him at the deadline and get something, even if it was just and then come back on July 1 and, and resign. But, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I guess... Where I'm going with this is I'm I'm not completely sure how they could have played it differently because they kind of bent over backwards the whole way to not have this be a thing and not not have it be confrontational. I, I guess if anything, the one thing that maybe they could have done is at the end of the off season to to say, look, we understand and respect that you don't want to negotiate during the season, but this is a special circumstances. You're our franchise player. This is the next decade of our franchise path right. in front of us right we need we need to keep talking with you we can't just go dark during the season and pick it up again in june where there's there's not going to be an option for us to do anything if if you're not going to be here so let's keep working on it and and let's try to please figure out by the trade deadline you know we we're willing to do it on your schedule we don't want to rush you but we we need to know by february where this is going so that we can make a decision for the team. And instead they, they kind of went with a more passive approach, but you know what, if they did it that way that I just described and in February, John Tavares goes, I'm still not sure. And they trade him. And then John Tavares in the off season says, yeah, I always felt like an Islander. The fact that they traded me really bothered me. And now I've, I've got to move on to that. Then we're all crapping on him for that. We're all saying that they played it, you know, too aggressively, and they should have. It was just, lose. It was lose lose. Like no, there was really no wasn't. way this was going to end well. There was just no and, way. And I, I get the frustration from Islander fans, partly because the way that this was messaged once he signed in Toronto, like two things. First of all, if if you're somebody up here, especially up here in Canada, if you're someone who doesn't like the Leafs, and you're hoping you hope that they never win a cup in your lifetime. And, and if you are, I totally get it. I, I get why. If I hadn't been, like, raised where I was raised, I probably would be right there with you. Th- this played out in pretty much your nightmare scenario. Because for years, you know, the, the, the thing on Leaf fans was that they think every Ontario-born player is coming home to play for the Leafs and, and desperately wants to do that. And here you have this big star, this big Ontario-born uh, superstar who not only signs with the Leafs because it's more money or because they could win, but who like tweets out the photo of like him in his Leafs pajamas and his Leaf sheets and says, it's my childhood dream. Like this is exactly right. the scenario that Leaf fans have been talking about for decades. And it finally happens. And if you're a fan of another team, your eyes are rolling so far into the back of your head at this whole thing. But I get, you know, from an Islander fan perspective, you're sitting there going, well, wait a second was this a done deal the whole way then like was this always no, come on. where this was gonna go and, no and, and i don't think it was but i do get why well it's paranoia but it's also 
you know, like you, you said, it's like, you know, the Leafs are the mistress and it's, it's kind of like, it's not, the Leafs aren't even the mistress that he met at the bar. Like the Leafs are the mistress that like he grew up with and went to, and you're always like, is there oh, something with you wow. two? And, and you're, and he's going, no, 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 I'm, I'm totally committed. I'm totally committed. And then We're just he friends. leaves you for, for that person. And you're like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, this was, you know, this was always what was going to happen. Like, you know, if, if you're John Tavares, like, what are you going to say? You're not going to. You're not going to sign with the Leafs and then go, uh, the Islanders are a mess. I was tired of the arena situation. <laughs> right. I don't believe in Lou Lamarillo's vision. I'm tired of not having good wingers to play with ever. So I'm I'm leaving and going somewhere else. He could never say that. So I feel like he kind of is leaning into this whole childhood dream thing probably a lot more than is than than it actually influenced the decision because it's it's a nice sounding way to to kind of break the news, but I get why it rubs some Islander fans the wrong way where they're kind of like, you know, you tell us all year long that you're an Islander for life and this is where your heart is, et cetera, et cetera. And then you leave us and five minutes later, you're tweeting out pictures of your childhood dream and your maple yeah. leaf sheeties and all this stuff. Like I get why that would. But like grow up, man. Like, well, kinda... Again, what's he going to say? Like he's, he, this is what, well, this that's is what it. athletes say when they're in their last, they're in their walk year. If a team, like that's, a, that's another part of it too, is like if the Islanders had made the playoffs and lost in the first round, you could completely justify everything the Islanders did, but they, they weren't realistic about their roster and Gart Snow was a lame duck who knew John Tavares was the key to his keeping his job. So you wonder if there was another GM running the team with more job security, if he would have been like, look, we got to pull the trigger. We got to pull the shoot on this because this isn't going to work. Like, because that, that's a, that's a part that gets me too. Is let's say they kept John Tavares at eleven million bucks a year for eight years. They couldn't win with him in his prime for the whole time at six and a, or five and a half. So how are they going to build a winner around him where he's making eleven or twelve? Like that's a, that's a, that's another part of it too. Like the, the 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 play all along. Once you realize where the Islanders were in January, February, that they had to, they had to move on. They had to do the hard thing, and they refused to do it. And now they're vilifying him to make themselves like like the water's being carried by the local people here, like it always yeah. is. And it makes me it, it infuriates me. Like I get it. Well, I, I get it. Like, I get it as a fan. Like, like being a fan is an yes. irrational thing. Like I get it. So like you're gonna have irrational thoughts about stuff like this, but. Like you need to kind of like just like work through this and then realize like what a good soldier John Tavares was for a decade in a heart. Like, did you ever hear him complain about anything around around the Islanders during his time here? Never. Ah, it just it's just yeah. of all the guys to like. I, get I knife, give the I fans a pass, him. but a lot of the a lot of the media stuff has been yeah junk. Fans, I get like like Stan Fischler and Chico Resch. Like, I don't know. Like Stan doesn't even. Did work you see for the him. one guy who wrote wrote the thing where he was talking about how? Tavares's average points per season. Oh my God! And, yeah, like, and they counted the lockout but, year. But he counted the lockout year, the the forty game lockout year as as a season in his average, and and like didn't adjust for that. So he's like, he only averages sixty nine points a year. And the That's, and the Olympic year too, when he got hurt at the Olympics, was that part of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was all in there. So he's yeah, and then compared him to like <sighs> you know the you know Ricard Raquel only had sixty nine points. That's John, and you're like, yeah, but he's the tenth highest scorer in that time. Yeah, like when you're doing that, that's when that's it's just yeah, you're you're, you're reaching, man. Like the museum things are reached too, but like Jesus, you're just like manipulating numbers. Maybe that guy just wanted to make a 69 joke. That's the one thing I'm gonna hold out for because like he typed 69 like 11 times in two paragraphs. I can respect <laughs> that. I can respect him doing that. Yeah, you respect the hustle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the Islander, the Islanders respond to the loss of John Tavares and all that extra cap space they now have. 
Yeah. With a bit of a free agent buying spree. Yeah, they're screwed. I feel so bad. Those I, were not good moves. I like Robin Leonard actually. I think that's a that's a gamble worth taking. Cheap deal, low risk. I've always, you know, I still like him as a goalie. I just don't know how. Like I've, I say this all the time. Like I'm more of a team in front of the guy than the goalie kind of guy, kind of a guy. And I just don't know how he's going to have any success on that team because of the team, and that's going to make him look worse again. So I just, I just if feel he's like going from Buffalo. I mean, this is like this is going to be worse. The, this is going to be the worse. Ring off the bat when you're. Oh, oh is it? Yeah. Valtteri Filppula. Oh my god. Oh my god. They trade for Matt Martin. Yeah, uh, that was inevitable. At a full cap hit. And they signed Leo, like I know. that Leo Komarov deal might be the worst one of free agency. Um, Four, yeah, years. Like I got it, man. I, like as a Leafs fan, like we like the guy. That was an All Star a couple of years ago. You know, kind of a fun, goofy Uncle Leo. Couldn't figure his visor <laughs> thing out forever. Yeah, you know, with the the visor up, and he was kind of like our like kind of Brad Marchand light kind of pesty guy but he can't play anymore like I'm, I'm telling you he's not he, he was he was a healthy scratch for the Leafs like down the stretch like he wasn't as was Matt Martin like that you know but but at least Matt Martin you get him he has certain skills that you know what you're getting and you know and and he's also a guy that maybe you know everybody everybody raves about Matt Martin as far as off the ice and you know what he brings to a team in a dressing room so okay Leo Komarov is, I mean, if he's not done, he's real close. And you just gave him four years. Like, I couldn't believe that the Leafs gave him four years four years ago. And they barely got four years out of him. Like, this year was very hit and miss. That was and that was a Lou deal, right? Because that was right when Lou got there? Or was that the year before? Lou I think that there? was the year before. Yeah. No, I think that okay. was still a Dave Nonis special. <laughs> what, what, I, what I like is... is my my favorite the the one fan anger thing I'm not gonna lean into was so when when it was Shani Dubis Hunter Lamarillo like we kind of all thought it was like a like a group sort of thing like everyone working together making decisions together and you were trying to figure out like what was Kyle Dubis's what was you know what was Matt what was what was Lou yeah. Lamarillo's and like it, it was great because like it took like three days to figure out which guys Lou Lamarillo loved. I'm surprised Roman Polak is in an Islander. And the, and the argument I like I the arg- the argument I laid out in a thing I wrote was <laughs> was like I understand that like anything over Garth Snow is an upgrade, but like Lou Lamarillo is 75. He hasn't had any success in the NHL on his own basically in like 15 years. He went to the Cup final in 2012 with the Devils. That's the last playoff series or last postseason in which a team he's been the GM of has won a postseason series in like 15 years. And I'm like, maybe he just doesn't want to be part of that vision. And some guy on Twitter is like, wait, so he doesn't want to be a part of Lou Amarillo's vision now, but what about the vision he built in Toronto? And I'm like, come on, man, really? He built that? Like, that's Shani. Shani was like, let's tank. I don't, that's not Lou Lamarillo wasn't like, hey, I got an idea. Let's take Austin Matthews with the first pick. And everybody was like, no, 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 Lou. <laughs> Lou's like, stuck. trust me, I know talent. And then he took Austin Matthews and everything fell into place. Like, come on, come on. Yeah. Come on, guys. Hey, by, uh, the, the one angle I'm still waiting on on all of this is when Lou Lamarillo goes to the league and says, I'm filing a tampering charge against Toronto Maple Leafs for having contact with John Tavares during the season. And they're like, oh, it's gonna be how bad. do you know, Lou? And he's like, because I was the one who was doing the tampering. That's a good twist. I was tampering my behind off all year long. And the Leafs get busted and lose the first round pick because 
Lou Lamarillo has all the receipts. He was probably like, hey, Kyle, call call John Tavares' agent. Just call. No, I'm not allowed, Lou. No, just just do it. Give him a call. Are you filming me on your phone? No, I don't even know how that works. No just one's around. Let me just write, do let me just write down the time time and data this real quick on my yeah. notepads in case I have to come you back. You do that. All right. And then just bring it in. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's I. If you're an Islanders fan, I don't have really a lot of good news for you at this point, other than I think there there hasn't been. Well, I, I hesitate to say this because somebody's gonna, I'm going to turn out to be wrong and people are going to come at me. But I feel like there wasn't a lot of trash talk from Leaf fans directed at Islander fans because we kind of get it. Too like sad. This, yeah, the Islanders are now the team that the Leafs have been for off and on for a lot of the last few decades where you're just like where do we even go from here like what's it's bad. how does this how does this all get any better and i don't know man it's i get it but i wish i wish i had some like some good news for you but i yeah Oof. all right well on that on that note we finally got sean to feel angry and sad again at the end of the first segment that makes me feel better he went from happy to now feeling at least like secondhand sadness and, and anger for the Islanders. That's nice. Uh, when we come be... back, um, we... Speaking of anger and sadness. <laughs> actually, um, we, we may have... We, 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 we may actually be recording while the thing happens for once. So when we come back, we'll talk about that thing here on Biscuits, colon, an Ottawa Senators trade podcast. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Is that like a breaking news thing still? Is it 1945 anywhere? anywhere? 80 years ago, yeah. (laughs) So here we go. It's not official as we sit here and record at 10.32 a.m. 10.33 a.m. My phone turns to Eastern Time. But Don Brennan, Donnie B., um, who I just saw at the airport when I was coming back from Dallas randomly. He was changing planes to go to, to go home from the draft. Uh, the Ottawa Suns' Donnie Brennan says on Twitter at 9.46 a.m., a source who has a great batting average says he feels, quote, very com- very comfortable Wow, he's giving away the gender of his source. That kind of that's you don't want to do that. You gotta, you need to kind of keep that neutral so no one could figure it out. Uh, he he feels very comfortable with the source that tells him Eric Carlson will be traded to the hashtag TB Lightning. Stay tuned. Hashtag Senators. Donnie Brandon loves his hashtags. Uh, there's no terms. It's not official. There's no names coming back from Tampa. I'm gonna have to like refresh my phone nonstop while we do this. But um, is there really any way? that Ottawa doesn't lose the trade. No, right? No. Right. So Not not at this point. And and that's the thing that kind of worries me a little bit because I like I had this week I don't remember what I tweeted, but I tweeted something I think that had to do with Eric Carlson and I had that thing happen where 
somebody replies to you and then somebody replies to that person and someone replies to that person. And oh, now yeah. there's like this little five-way discussion happening that you're not part of, <laughs> but you're tagged on. It's great. And I had that happen a bunch of times. So I had like all these different kind of like insights of like little groups of Senator fans talking about Eric Carlson getting traded. And I got to say, like, I, it, it's, it's maybe not a representative sample. I hope it's not. I get the feeling that Senator fans may not be prepared for what this trade is going to look like as far as what's coming back. I feel like some Senator fans are still in a world where this trade is happening last off season, where it would have just been a lottery. And if, if the senators last year had said, we're trading Eric Carlson, they would have been able to just go to any team and say, we want those five guys right there. And it, it, it would have been done deal. I don't think they're prepared for how much just not so much that Eric Carlson's value has dropped, but just the circumstances around this have eroded the senator's bargaining position to the point where, I don't think they're getting the sort of package that a lot of them are thinking of right now. And I I don't know if there's going to be if there's going to be backlash or if as soon as the trade happens everyone's going to immediately kind of retcon it in their own head that they knew this all along, but I I'm I'm seeing people throw out names saying what about someone like this and people come back going you're crazy that wouldn't even get you in the door. We want this and this and this and it's like dude, you're not getting any of that. This is this is going to be a trade where I think Pierre Dorian will do very well if he gets one prime asset back, you know, in terms of a prospect or a or or a active player. I I don't he's not getting like the package of three or four that people seem to still have their heads wrapped around. So I'm trying to figure out who they would give up. I didn't even realize this when I first said it, but Tyler Johnson has a no trade clause. Um. So, because because right now Tampa, according to Cap Friendly, has four and a half million ish dollars of cap space. Um, they have Victor Hedman; he's not going anywhere. Ryan McDonough; he's not going anywhere. I mean, Anton Strahlman has a modified no trade. Braden Coburn has a modified no trade. I'm assuming like when players submit their modified no trade list, like Ottawa's at the top. Like they're just like, no, I'm not going to Ottawa. Um, Dan Girardi for some reason has a no trade clause. Uh, then you have Sergachev, Cuckoo, and and um, that's it. Like, there's no. It's kind of hard to see which defenseman they're going to move without getting them to waive a no trade. And then forward wise, um, if you're going to give them something that's just going to get them to the floor, you're not trading Stamkos. Ryan Callahan has a modified no trade and a no move. Uh, Andre Palat's got a no trade. JT Miller doesn't. Tyler Johnson has a no trade. You're not trading Kucherov. Kalorn has a no trade. Man, Stevie Y gives out the no trades like there's no tomorrow. Yanni Gord, maybe he's a guy that goes. Is he from Ottawa? Like, are there are there any like Ottawa guys on the team? You have Braden Point. You're not trading him, and then it's just like Corey Conacher, Cedric Paquette is an RFA. So, uh, they're they're gonna have to give them some prospects, but they're gonna have to give them stuff off the roster. And well, I don't know yeah. what they're gonna give. How are they gonna give up stuff when no one can move? Well, first, I mean, let's let's just remember this though. Eric Carlson still has one year left at six point five million. So when you hear about like the eleven million or plus that he's going to get that starts next yeah, next season yeah. so they've got four and, a, and four and change left they can go over the cap during the season so they could make this trade today without trading anything off their roster and still be cap compliant as of the off season they would have to move guys or buy guys out or whatever to get there by opening night plus they still have a couple of guys to sign so it is tight but 
you know, that is the, the advantage of doing these sorts of deals in the off season is that you do have extra room to, to, to work with. So, but you have to give up something uh, of value. Like you have to give Ottawa something. It's like, I, I think I made this joke last week or on some, on, on puck soup, but it's like, it's like when Canada went on strike and nobody cared on South park, they were just like, who cares? You're Canada. And then the, like the Canadian guy was just like, can you just give us some coupons to like a Dave and Buster's so I can give them to my people. And, and they were like, look, we won. We got Dave and Buster's coupons or whatever it was. Like, they're going to have to like wave something at Ottawa fans to be like, look, yeah. we got, Especially Something. since there, this wouldn't be one of the Bobby Ryan uh, scenarios. No, it can't, so, it can't be right. So because I mean that that's basically it. you you trade Carlson and Bobby Ryan for not much at all, or you trade Eric Carlson on his own for significantly more, probably not as much as you would want, but but still something. So yeah, I don't know. I mean that picks Strawman uh, draft picks. Strawman's modified. He's got a modified. I mean, like if you because like if you trade for Carlson. You're gonna have Hedman, McDonough, Strawman, Sergachev, Carlson. Like that's those, you'd want like you, one of those five guys. You'd probably want in your top four regularly, as opposed to playing mm-hmm. in the bottom six. But like you can't trade. Like I don't know. I don't know. I mean, S- Strawman maybe becomes. He's getting older. The guy who's available, but he's his deals up at the end of the year, right? In the next year, so so it makes sense. I don't know how that helps you necessarily if you're Ottawa. Like you're looking for picks and prospects. Tampa's as close to being a guarantee that their pick is going to be way back, you know, mid twenties. Right. Probably is 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 the best scenario. So if you just want to say we got a first round pick and you know that's fine, you, I mean you could probably get a few from them, but the 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 odds of those guys turning into players that really move the needle on your team is is pretty low. Uh, you know, prospect wise, yeah, I mean. I don't know. You know, maybe you work a three-way deal. Maybe you get somebody coming over where you turn around and flip them right away. I don't know. Plus, it's, plus, like, uh, but like, why you trade him to Tampa when John Cooper is going to play Dan Girardi twenty-four minutes in the playoffs because he he's blocking shots and stuff. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm especially I'm when so we were told that you were you weren't going to trade Mike Hoffman within the division. Yeah. But <laughs> here's Eric Carlson. I mean, that would be. That would be something to see, though. I mean, him, him in Tampa, especially after, you know after what the Leafs just did, it's, yeah. you know, and, and Boston already being as good as they are. Where's Vegas, I man? Mean, what happened to Vegas? Vegas wasn't in yeah. on Tavares. Now they're not necessarily going to get. They're Carlson? still the one that would have. I mean, they're still the one that has the room to do it and take Bobby Ryan. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It, like this, this is you know no, you know I I appreciate the the beat guys who are who are getting their their scoops and their sources but i still feel like a lot of this is like something you have to understand about ottawa is ottawa is a very leaky team like they they put a lot of stuff out there like intentionally they 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 will every time they're involved in any trade every single time there's trade talks going around this team you pick up the paper in the morning and you are guaranteed to see an article about how pierre dorian is not going to move this guy for nothing and other teams better up their offers if they're interested and it's like wow like make them buy advertising space or something (laughs) if you're going to do that so you know when you hear stuff come out that okay this is this is where it's going yeah maybe that's because a deal's on the way to the lightning maybe it's because dallas has started to play a little bit of hardball and pierre dorian or whoever is getting getting tired of that and so they put it out there that okay he's on his way to tampa and then you wait for the phone to ring from dallas saying okay we'll we're we're ready to get serious again but yeah i mean 
it it doesn't sound like the offers are great. It doesn't sound like they're in a position of much, you know, much power. I mean, like like there was talk that you know when they when a few days ago when it sounded like Dallas was the favorite and and it was that Dallas wasn't wasn't going to do Miro Heiskanen like that was or Miro Heiskanen they were they weren't going to to include him in the trade and it's just kind of like yeah like this you can see that now but this is Eric Carlson like who are you to right. take prospects off the tape how do you have untouchable prospects when you're talking about a guy who's potentially the best defenseman in the entire league but it just gives you a sense of how you know that the Dallas can be like no we're not we're not moving Heiskanen you got to take Julius Honka instead I mean, under normal circumstances, you'd laugh, hang up the, you know, you'd tell them, call me back when you're actually ready to get serious and you'd hang up. But this is like Ottawa has very little bargaining power here unless they can get a bidding war going or at least a perception of a bidding war uh, where between two of these teams. But I'm not convinced that, that they're able to do that and that this could, that could lead to a very, very underwhelming return especially since they let's talk about the the other piece of this is that they reportedly gave other teams permission to talk to eric carlson for an extension yeah for an extension yeah which is kind of weird which is kind of i mean it's it's, also like really tipping your hand like yeah just just you can talk to him it's we're gonna trade him eventually like it's gonna happen yeah oh i mean we i think at this point we can clearly say based on how the last week has gone that eric carlson is being traded Eric Carlson's not signing an extension in Ottawa. Uh, this is, you know, th- this story that everyone's been reporting for six months that Eric Carlson wanted out and was probably going to be traded that had a lot of sense fans telling, oh, it's fake news, and Pierre Dorian and Eugene Melnick sat at the that, you know, season ticket holder event and were like, oh, don't don't believe the media. And the, you know, it, it was right all along. It's played out just like we thought. It, they waited until July 1 to make him the offer. Which was ridiculous because Drew Doughty had already right. agreed, Oliver Ekman Larson already agreed, and Ottawa stuck with this idea that we have to wait till July one, which was nonsense the whole way along. On July one, they present him an offer, and on July two, they're giving him permission to talk to other teams. And you know, even even when they made the offer, and and the offer reportedly. And, uh, you know, I, again, I don't know that I necessarily buy this, but reportedly the offer was eight years, $10 million a year, which is not a good enough offer, but that's not a bad offer as a first step. I mean, you know, you go a little bit, you go a little bit low, he comes back a little bit high. You know, that that's not, you know, that's not a total low ball. But, you know, even when they made the offer, like Pierre Dorian's comments to the media was basically, we made him an offer... And he didn't say, you know, we made him an offer because this is Eric Carlson. We really want him to stay. And this is, you know, he's our franchise and we want to build a team around him. His comments to the media was, well, we told the fans at the season ticket holder event that we would make him an offer. So we now we've made him an offer. It was basically, you know, right. he stopped just short of saying like, we, this is the step we have to do before we trade him. We told you we'd make him an offer. We did. And, you know, a day later, he's negotiating with other teams, which you would never do if you thought you were going to sign him because why would you don't want to bid against somebody else you don't want him to go out there and come back and be like yeah Dallas will do 12 million so that's now I want 12 and then take his offer and go well here's what Vegas will, would do so it's it, it's it, he's he's gone he's going somewhere 
We don't know where right now as we're recording this. There's a good chance maybe you will know by the time you listen to this. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I hope he resigns while we're doing this. I hope he's like, I actually yeah. love Ottawa. I can't get enough. I love Pierre Dorian. Sends for life. I hope he does that while, yeah. while like it's being uploaded. After, yeah, <laughs> while it's being uploaded. And then, I'm, yeah, I'll just... I'm just going to have to mute my entire Twitter feed. And, yeah. Let me ask you this. Should Eric Carlson get more? What's that sound? It's gonna be a good question. It's gonna be a fantastic question. No, no, that was that was my leftover uh, of me oh. thinking about like, oh, the reaction when, oh, loads, when, loads when Eric question. Carlson inevitably resigns. Do you think Eric Carlson will slash should get more money than Drew Doughty? I think he will get slightly more. Okay. Yes, I think he will use the because he'll get traded and then there's there's a concept that i've written about in the past that i call the the shiny new toy effect where when you trade for somebody who needs a new contract you almost always end up giving too much on the contract uh because you just trade it for the guy and you uh, you had the press conference and he held up the jersey and you know you can't turn around now and drive a hard bargain so i think he'll get 11 point something and hopefully he will use an agent to negotiate that with i know god team what and are you not doing Drew Doughty, who, who did not, if people haven't heard this, Drew Doughty did his eight-year, $88 million contract, did not use an agent, which saves him like several million dollars, something like $3 million over the life of the deal. But there are, you know, many people have pointed out that the way his contract is structured affords him much less protection from buyouts or trades or whatever else in the second half of the deal. And if he gets bought out, Five years into the deal, he could end up costing himself like ten million dollars yeah. down the line to save himself two or three up front. So, did anybody ever ask him why he did it? Like, what made him say, "I don't, I don't want my agent anymore"? Did he think his agent was like stealing from him? Like, why? no, he he said he had a comment where he said, "Yeah, I love my agent; they did great and everything." But basically, if I'm at this point with you know if, if i'm paying them millions of dollars he felt like he could do it himself and and i think at a high level he was probably right you know like it's we don't have to negotiate term it's going to be eight years we don't have to go that hard on the salary we can figure out you know we know roughly where it's going to be but it was it was all the other stuff and and i i honestly part of me wonders if because when when he made the deal he came out and said like oh it was it was so great working with Rob Blake on this, the, the GM, of the Kings. Yeah. He was, you know, it was so easy to work with them. I wonder if there's like any bad feelings now that like some, you got to think at some point someone's pulled him aside and been like, dude, do you realize yeah. that this contract is structured so that you can be bought out in four years? And like, if, if there's any kind of like bad, bad feelings that starts up there where he's like, wait a second. And, and then he eventually inevitably, I think goes to Rob Blake and says, you know, I'm not happy with how this worked out and I need you to trade me to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, <laughs> So I can live my childhood dream. Have you seen these shoes? That was my favorite take when Rob Blake signed that contract. And like, there were certain Kings fans who were like, ha, Leaf fans actually thought he was coming home. And then like 24 hours later, yeah, that was John, Tavera, I, John Tavares is sending his pajama photos around. And it was like, I'm sorry, what was that? We didn't. I saw I saw Greg's tweet after that. I was like, that's a little premature, buddy. Maybe you want to just wait a day and see what happens. But the whole. And people are like, oh, Leaf fans think everyone. It's like Drew Doughty said. You know, it would be great to play in Toronto. Like, he came to Toronto for a game. It was probably a negotiating thing, but they were like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, boy, it'd be fun to play in Toronto. And Leaf fans are like, what? Then people are like, oh, you Leaf fans think everybody. And it's like, no, he's that, that dude just said it. Like, that's that's kind of... 
hard to ignore. I just don't but. understand the confidence Drew Doughty has to negotiate a contract. Like I have, I have leased like two or three cars in my life, and like I'm, I would, I'm still like nervous about the next time I buy a car or lease a car because like it's, it's like there's all these papers and fees and stuff. Like I'm nervous about doing that. Like I'm, like I want someone to go with me who like has more confidence to do that sort of stuff for, for a car lease for car payments. Never mind. Like, yeah. like I can't like, like I've been to the dentist like 80 times in my life. At no point am I like, you know what, this cavity I got, you know, what? I, I read a thing on Wikipedia about how to fill and drill a cavity. Like, why am I going to go there when I can save a couple hundred bucks on my own and do it myself? Like, no, like there are people out there who are experts in this sort of stuff. Like, I get it. Sometimes agents or like Jack Johnson's family, like people may steal from you. I understand that. But like, man, like I, I just for, like and it's, it's also I'm funny, too, because it. it's funny because um people like get on players about like being greedy and stuff like you know oh Connor mcdavid you know oh man you know he he's he's he took less money like he's he's a great team player but like drew dowdy's like so greedy that he needs an extra two and a half million dollars on an 88 million dollar deal like just let let someone else that's the whole point of being rich is like you let other people do stuff for you it's got to be great yeah. right I, <sighs> i'm looking at his deal right now 2020 21 which is the lockout season he makes ten million in salary, only two million of it is signing bonus. That's so dumb. That's so versus dumb. John Tavares, who I think is getting almost his entire salary All in, sa- bonus. in signing bonus. Kyle, which means Kyle Dubas gave lockout, Gary Bettman the middle finger. Gary Bettman's like yeah. no lockout. And rightfully protection. so. Yeah, right. Yeah, Gary Bettman doesn't get to tell teams they can't sign legal contracts just because of the the lockout. So you know what that means is if there's a lockout, everything you get in a signing bonus comes to you on July first. That's all. That money all goes right into your pocket. If there's a, uh, a lockout that wipes out half the season, you don't really you lose half of your salary, but your salary is virtually nothing. Whereas Drew Doughty, if there's a lockout that wipes out half the season, half of his eight million dollar salary is gone, right. which means four million, which means that there's more money than what he saved by not using an agent. And he's Drew Doughty. He could totally get that deal if he wants it. Like, if he says, I want lockout protection in that year, he's going to get it. He's Drew Doughty. Like, why would he not take advantage of that? Uh, God. And then he has no signing bonuses at all in the last four years of the deal. Has a modified no trade. Modified? It's not even a full no trade. He's Drew Doughty. He can get that if he wants. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Modified no trade, no signing bonus, which means if they... Uh, they want to buy them out or anything like that it's it's much easier to do it would still cost them a lot of money and and you know nobody thinks that drew Doughty is going to be garbage in four years where you have to buy them out eh, but maybe you never know right like know. it's, you, it's know. you know maybe it's the last two years maybe it's the last year whatever it is sometimes guys fall off cl- like remember danny heatley danny they heatley do. went from like 50 danny goals is the example right yeah. the classic 40 goal scorer when he's 28 and he's out of the league by 32 yeah like, you never know man so I don't know. We got like ten minutes left. What else? What else? What else you want to hit? This is your show. This oh, is your celebration of Toronto and and, and John Tavares show. Uh, let's just do real quick. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly trade. What'd you think of that? Uh, it's fine. I think it's good for both sides. I have no real intense. Like I'm not a big Ryan O'Reilly guy. I don't know. People seem to like Ryan O'Reilly in hockey. Just everything about him screams like I don't know. I just I don't think I'd want him on my team. But I get it. He's a center and he's a seventy point, sixty point mm-hmm. guy. So. They got fair value. They dumped some money. They got some prospects and picks. It, well, yeah. they did. They, that was a weird thing. They didn't really like in terms of money and cap hit. They didn't really dump any of it. it, it they they actually no St. Louis St. Louis I mean yeah getting rid of Saboka and 
Burton. Yeah, exactly. Good. The yeah. Blues got uh, Tage. Tage was actually, involved. Their their cap went down. I like. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't feel like Buffalo did great on the trade. I felt like the f- initial reaction, people were like, "What a windfall!" But then you're start thinking through the pieces, right. and it's kind of like, "Yeah, it was all right." Uh, I mean, it, that seemed like a situation where we're led to believe that the fact that he had that Ryan O'Reilly had a big signing bonus coming on July first at the end of the day. Uh, that that the Sabers wanted to get it done and and took less in a trade so that they wouldn't have to cut a check, which is understandable. But it, I mean, I I think if you were under the impression that one of the good things about being a Sabers fan these days was that you had this billionaire owner, yeah, right, who would light money on fire, it's kind of it's, it's maybe maybe you're sort of like I would have liked to have seen what they could get after the bonus, but billionaires, I'm, I'm sure they I'm sure they looked at. All those options. Billionaires, they'll become billionaires by giving away seven and a half. I, I've noticed this about billionaires on Twitter too. Like, I, I, I wonder how billionaire most billionaires are. Because if I was a billionaire, man, you would never see me on Twitter ever. I would not be arguing about my space cars. I would not be arguing about politics. Like, I would be. I mean, I don't. I, w- I won't say I would be anywhere like luxurious on a beach. I'd probably just be like yeah. in, on my couch watching TV. But like, I would not be arguing on Twitter all day. If somebody was like, "Hey, I would just, seven and a half million bucks to get a better trade," and I owned a team, I'd be like, "Yeah, sure, take it. Seven and a half. I'm a billionaire." But apparently, some people yeah. aren't really billionaires. Maybe I don't know. I would just hire somebody to just come up to me every couple hours and be like, "Hey, don't go on Twitter." Yeah, right. And I'd be like, "Right, thank you. But, Thanks for the reminder." Like, I start picking up my yeah. phone, and he comes over, and he's like, "You're not going on Twitter, right? Because Twitter's terrible." And I'd be like, it is terrible. Thank you for reminding me, can, guy who makes six figures. Well, you, you could probably like build that into like, like say if you hire like a like a chef to like work in your house and your mansion, you could probably like build that into the chef's like salary. Like, you, I want you to cook me three meals a day, and also I'm gonna have like one of those like baby cams on me at all times. And if you ever <laughs> see me reach for my phone, I want you to like shock me. I'm gonna wear an, I'm gonna wear a shock collar. So that's that's all part of your job, chef slash Twitter gatekeeper for me. Thank you, Twitter gatekeeper. Oh man, uh-huh. I would. I would pay big money for that. Uh, real quick, John Tortorella is mad. Yeah, dropping f bombs like crazy because he's got- Jack Johnson and uh, Jim Rutherford said some vaguely. He's got a point though, kind of controversial things. I, like, I guess he's. I feel like he's. Got, does he? I feel like because like he, the point he made was like about how like they really took care of Jack Johnson because of the whole like you know his family screwing him and stuff, which I think is. It's he's I think he's like like don't get me wrong like it's most like no other coach in the league would ever come out and say it but like I think that's you know you spend your basically not basically but like a lot like a lot of your career in Columbus you know John Tortorella has been your coach for in several different areas teams taking care of you make maybe like the second you get to Pittsburgh don't be like it's great to be away from that losing culture and now in this yeah. winning culture and Jack Johnson I came kind of came back and was like yeah that came out wrong like I I feel like yeah. he sort of accepted the. Uh, tongue lashing as as yeah, being appropriate that's fair. but uh, yeah I, I like that any other coach would have just been like yeah oh that bothered me and whereas tortorella goes like full six wrestling 62 heel. f-bombs yeah. <laughs> what a game you got anything else uh, any-, any anything else just uh for from free agency and all of that that uh, any other anyone else stand out to you as a winner big winner um, big loser the only contract that i really hated that wasn't like maybe like an obvious one is james neal's contract just because i don't know why i mean like it's not that i don't know why he would pick calgary over vegas because like in terms of like roster uh stuff like i don't like calgary missed the playoffs last year but i don't think that's a bad team or anything but it's just weird to me that he apparently was offered five and 25 from vegas and he turned that down to take five and you know 25 plus 600k a year extra in calgary 
to, to mm. go play there. Like in terms of like, you know, again, the rosters are probably similar. Nobody thought Vegas was going to be that good. So I can see why maybe you'd be skeptical about them being good again. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, 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 I don't know if James Neal's worth all that money at this exact moment. Never mind, like yeah. three years from now. So we'll see. Maybe he'll score forty-five yeah. next year playing with Monahan and Gaudreau. Who knows? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love that one. Uh, Canucks. I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, but that's like their death players. That's like their thing. Deals. Remember, like Lucas Biza and Derek Dorsett. They gave them like those weird yeah. extensions. Like I don't know, man. Jim Benning must I've, be seeing things I don't. I've said over and over. Don't don't pay for depth on July first ever ever ever. Wait a week or month or wait until September and you can get. Similar guys for much, much less and, and much less term. So, uh, And then the the other team, the poor Montreal Canadiens, still don't have their center. Nope. They cleared a bunch of cap room for John Tavares. Didn't even get an invite. Uh, didn't get Ryan O'Reilly. Didn't get Paul Stastny. We don't know if they were really in on either of those guys, but we assume they were. Yeah, Winnipeg losing Paul Stasny was weird because it seemed like they cleared out yeah. space and they loved each other and then it didn't happen. Then. Yeah, and and that was one where, because I, I wrote a thing where I was like, you know, that him going to Vegas for you know, more money, but not that much more. Like, it was comparable and, and short term. I don't know what Winnipeg was offering, but he only got three years. That that kind of hurts Winnipeg because it just reinforces the whole idea that players don't want to be there and that... Uh, even now that they're, you kind of figured now they were winning that that would turn around. But, you know, here's kind of the first canary in the coal mine of a star player who's been there and knows your organization. And yet he still chooses to go somewhere else for a little bit more money rather than commit. And, and Jets fans really didn't like that. They, they kind of viewed it as no, you know, he, he wanted more than the Jets were willing to pay. So they, they let him walk and, and that's fine. Um, but I, I don't know. Jets have got some cap room now because they cleared it thinking they were going to hold on to Stastny and it didn't happen. So yeah. uh, they've, they've got a little bit of work to do. I like that deal for Vegas, just that the fact that it was short, the fact that they did three years, there's really not a lot that can go wrong on a three-year deal. Right. Even if it's a disaster after one year, you've just got two years. It's much better, much better than giving a guy five or six to keep the cap hit low. And I like Tobias Reader for one year in Edmonton. Low risk, mm-hmm. good rationale. Get just get human beings that can skate with Connor McDavid. It does they don't need to be talented, skilled, or super slow big guys like Milan Lucic for a ton of money. Like Tobias Reader, yeah. one year a million bucks. If he gets forty five points, it's great. If he doesn't work out, it was a million bucks, and you, you kind of did the right thing by getting a speed guy. So, yep. that's the other deal. I uh, like James Van Riemsdyk. Just real quick, would you? Seven million. I, I I like James Van Riemsdyk, but the the idea I don't know if this is how it's going to work out. But the idea that you're going to get him at the expense of trading Wade Wade Simmons is weird to me because, like Wade Simmons has like one slightly down year, and all of a sudden it's like we got to get James Van Riemsdyk back here for seven years. I mean, if you can get them two on the same team and all that sort of stuff, great. But you know, I don't it's it's I don't dislike James Van Riemsdyk. I just don't I I dislike James Van Riemsdyk at the cost of Wade Simmons if that's what happens. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. Do we have time to do a couple of reader questions, or are we getting? Uh, yeah, we can do. Gone? Yeah, we can do a couple. We can do a couple for the people. For the people. Sorry, I don't do the main impression. Um, Eric Divestian. Sorry, Eric. I know that's not how you pronounce your name, but I'm, I can't figure it out. I'm, I'm terrible. Uh, what will be the fallout in Toronto if the Leafs have a similar season to the last one, like 105 points, second or third in the division, and a first round exit in a close series? Yeah, well, what's what's going to happen? I don't. 
I, I don't think it would be panic, but I think at that point, I, I think fairly there would be some questions about like how do we get this team the next the next gear. I mean, that's Austin Matthews' third year. He's entering his prime. You've got Tavares. Uh, you know, it's the the Dubas is at his off season to kind of mold the team. Yeah, if you get the same results, uh, you you should be expecting progress at this point. You should be expecting to win at least a playoff round and and have uh, you know have a few more points during the year. So, uh, I I don't think it's going to be you know panic in the streets, but I think you will start to see definitely the the this whole thing with the Leafs being this like fun young team where it's like oh look at them they're good isn't this isn't this fun and interesting is is done the expectations are high now and right. uh, if they don't meet them they're, they're going to hear about it there, I think their issue is going to be I mean this is a way off in the future prediction but I think Toronto at this point I think you would like them better than anybody in the Metro. And then you have Tampa. If Tampa gets Eric Carlson, that's going to be a formidable opponent in the second round. It's going to be like the Winnipeg-Nashville yep. of 2019. If- and I'm going to be sitting here complaining about the playoff yes, format. Yes, I will finally I get you on my year. side. And I'm going to just act like I haven't like I haven't switched sides, that I just felt this way all along. Uh, what else do we got here? Tom Mitchell. If Kyle Dubas were to be caught on social media celebrating as hard as Ovi, what would he be doing and where? Um... I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a push-ups in the fountain kind of a guy. Well, he doesn't, but he was pretty intense with the yeah. uh, Calder Cup when they won that. So but, I don't know. But he would be—he would be like he would play, he'd probably be like playing Fortnite or something in like a park with like a shirt off. You know, I think that would probably be the extent <laughs> of it. Like he'd be at like an arcade or something playing video games or whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever the kids are into these days. Whatever the young the young people who run hockey teams do. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, what, what what do they do? crypto cryptocurrency <laughs> yeah, that's what he'd be doing crank cryptocurrency in a fountain somewhere crank, crank calling in, uh, in Lake john Ontario. hey is this just john jaka yeah uh your refrigerator's running or something i don't know I, i've done a crank call in a really long time i forget how they go um hmm. let's do one more uh money puck nelson yeah we didn't really talk about this where's the best destination for jeff skinner if he's leaving carolina um yeah that's right that's another one that we're sort of waiting on montreal him and justin falk they're still oh, montreal doesn't need another wing. oh maybe they do just go all <laughs> all wingers um I, you know what carolina is shaping up to be pretty pretty decent squad there at dahan they've got some they got they got mm-hmm. a really good blue line they don't have Bill Peters anymore. You, I've, I, 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 I'm, con- I'm contractually obligated to say this in every podcast. I hate Bill Peters. I think him leaving Carolina is going to be great for Scott Darling. Um, I don't know. I, I think Jeff Skinner should stay. Like, I think he should work it out. And yeah, not but go anywhere. that's one where they seem to have made their mind up that they got to move him. Yeah. You know, one team. I have no idea if they've been mentioned. If they'd be interested, but just to throw out there, if especially you know with what happened with the Leafs. Especially if Tampa gets Eric Carlson, Boston's got to do something. And they've they've lost Rick Nash, who apparently, you know, that, that was the other story, is not signing anywhere and is taking some time to consider his future, whether he's going to be back at all. But uh, they've they've lost him. I could see Boston being a team. They've got Capram. They've they've got some some youth and picks they could move. Being a team that says, all right, we're we got a bit of an arms race starting up at the top of the Atlantic, and we got to keep up and and guys like that. Uh, you know, Pacioretty too, but you got to assume Montreal wouldn't move him to Boston. 
Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to throw Boston out there as a, a team to keep an eye on on the trade market. So there you go. That's actually a good part of the uh, good part of the biscuits July situation is that even though Eric Carlson probably has been traded by the time you've heard this, by the time it's posted, uh, we got some other guys that still might get traded in July. You know, there's a couple of yep. free agents still hanging around. So um, the plan, should we tell them the plan or should we just like not? We can tell them the plan, yeah. Because I don't want the plan it's to go plan. sideways. It's, all, it's a plan. It's not carved in stone. It's all part of a plan. But it's a plan. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Um... We're going to do it, I believe, every Tuesday until the end of July. And I think, I believe, the last day of July is a Tuesday. So, um, July biscuits. There's nothing better on a hot July day than some biscuits, right? So, that's the plan. We're going to be doing stuff every Tuesday. So, next week, we'll have reactions to Eric Carlson being traded. And then three more shows of just Montreal Canadiens trying to find a center. Well, no, we can finally... finally because again, we're out of time. We can finally get to the Sedines at some point in July, right. right? I mean, we should do a full show. Yeah, just nothing. Let's promise that nothing but the Sedines. Let's promise all that right. either the, either on the twenty first or the thirty first when we record. You have our word. All Sedines, because this is this is a it's a Senators podcast, but it's also a Sedine con, uh, podcast. So uh, come back for that. And uh, yeah, that's it. I got nothing to sell. I'm I'm done selling stuff. I'm I'm not writing stuff for a while. So if you gotta, you're you're apparently writing something for Friday. Look at you. Friday, yeah. No, the the Friday column is gonna is gonna keep going. So uh, we'll have that all summer, and uh, we're gonna uh, this. It's gonna be a lot of John Tavares stuff this week. Not surprisingly, hmm. including a fun look at when John Tavares was 14 years old. Good times when he was a Leafs fan, and he he was in a bed that had no Leafs sheets. Because by the way, that photo was photoshopped, right? Like that's he 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 was he was a big Ottawa Senators fan when he was a kid, right? Come on, come on, <laughs> I'm sure he was. Come on. Uh, yeah, so that's it. We'll uh, we'll see you next week, assuming on Tuesday. And uh, thanks for the being our loyal readers. See ya. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.